Hello again. This is Series 7 of Satisfied. The Series 7 podcasts enhance the Radical Acts Bible study of the book of Acts in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at what the Holy Spirit did to transform Paul. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 5 of Radical Acts Bible Study. We will look at what the Holy Spirit did to transform the apostles of Jesus, especially Peter. The Jerusalem believers may have preferred a life of comfort and freedom from persecution, but their convictions drove them to stand for Christ. Not even hostile persecution could sway them from that stand. The apostles exhibited transformed lives. We have seen in lessons one through four that they were absolutely convinced that God is sovereign. They acknowledged his rule in the affairs of men. They believed that Jesus was his plan to change everything. They knew God to be all powerful, but choosing his own timing to act and intervene in human history. They believed he was all knowing so he already knew of their needs. They could trust him, so they were willing to obey God regardless of the consequences. They were thrown into prison, threatened, abused, and falsely accused, but God had told them to witness for him and they obeyed. They prayed for God to continue doing his miracles, which would certainly draw more attention to them and give them opportunities for speaking boldly. They committed their concerns to God and prayed for Him to provide what they needed to do His work. They asked for boldness. God filled them with the Holy Spirit to give them what they needed to do His work. What a difference Christ made in the lives of those apostles. In the Gospels, they bickered over who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. In Acts, they were one in heart, mind, and soul. Jesus had chided them for wanting to send people away to find food. In Acts, they willingly shared everything they had. At Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, they deserted him and fled. In Acts, they are bold and confrontational to those who killed Jesus. Knowing Jesus and experiencing the Holy Spirit's transforming power made the difference. Then we got to lesson five and saw that the God of the unexpected rocked their world. Peter had a front row seat. His life is another example of what the transforming power of the Holy Spirit can do in any man or woman who will yield to him. Unlike Paul, where you have to piece together his before Christ life, we get glimpses of Peter's character from the Gospels. He was not a highly trained academic, but was just an ordinary guy, a blue collar worker and business owner. Although he knew Jesus, he did not yet have the indwelling spirit. As you have seen, what a difference that made. In John chapter 1, when Andrew first brought his brother Simon to Jesus, he seemed anything but a promising spiritual leader. But Jesus immediately gave him a new name, Peter. We'll use that one from now on. Let's look at Peter's traits before Christ. First, his good traits. You see that Peter was open-hearted, loyal, and verbally gifted. When asked by Jesus, who do you say that I am? Peter responded, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
Peter's testimony to Jesus' identity was the clearest given to that point in the Lord's life, verbally gifted. When Jesus emphasized the trouble his followers would encounter, many fell away. Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, You do not want to leave too, do you? Peter responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God, loyal, open-hearted. Even in the upper room, after Jesus warned them of his upcoming trouble and that they would desert him, Peter bragged, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Loyal. But we can also see his not-so-good traits. Peter was impulsive, weak-willed, and fearful. When Peter saw Jesus walking on water, he asked if he could do the same. Jesus said yes, so Peter leaped out of the boat, then became fearful and began to sink. After witnessing Jesus' glory on the mountain, Peter's impulsive response was to build three tabernacles right there. God's response was for him to listen to Jesus. After his great confession of Jesus as the Christ, Peter proceeds to tell Jesus what to do to avoid his death. He says, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus gave him the most severe rebuke that he gave anyone except Judas and the Pharisees, calling him Satan and chiding him for not having in mind the things of God, but the things of men. At Jesus' arrest, Peter impulsively cuts off the servant's ear, like that would do any good. Away from the Lord, Peter was not able to keep his promise. After Jesus' arrest, Peter folded when the pressure was on and denied the Lord whom he loved. His compulsion to talk kept him from being silent, even while mingling with his enemies, weak-willed and fearful. But Jesus knew all along that Peter would be a leader of men. When Jesus prophetically gave him the name Peter, Jesus named him not for what he was, but by God's grace what he would become. The name Peter means rock or rock man. What we see as being unstable would be transformed into someone stable. Peter would become the rock man for the church. It has been obvious to us as we studied Acts 1 through 6 that Peter became strong when filled with the Holy Spirit. Like what happened to Paul, the change that came into Peter's life did not eliminate his temperament, but modified it. After the filling of the Holy Spirit, the dynamic, lovable, magnetic characteristics of Peter are still evident, but the weaknesses are transformed, and God is glorified in the transformation. On the day of Pentecost, after being indwelled by the Holy Spirit, verbally gifted Peter preached a sermon that is a masterpiece and cannot be explained by just the fact that he had associated with Jesus for three years. His sermon was the message of God through the instrument of Peter, a classic example of the way God wants to use men and women today. In his loyalty to Jesus, Peter was flexible and available to do whatever the Holy Spirit would have him do. He stopped and healed the lame man and gave all the glory to the Lord Jesus. Led by the Holy Spirit, Peter seized the opportunity to preach to the crowd gathered. Many believed. Under the pressure of interrogation by religious authorities, whom he had likely held in high esteem all his life, 
Peter's mind was clear as a bell as the Holy Spirit gave him wisdom and emotional control. Peter boldly answered their charges by acknowledging Jesus and giving all glory to Him. He yielded to the Holy Spirit's control of His words and thoughts. He said in Acts chapter 4, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And on another occasion in Acts chapter 5, he declared, We must obey God rather than men. Then there's joy. Peter's reaction to being severely beaten by the Sanhedrin officials is the reverse of what we would expect from him. He rejoiced because he had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. This reaction is evidence of spirit transformation. Then it was time for another transformation. Like Paul, Peter needed to be challenged to rethink God's purpose for the Gentiles in his plan of salvation. Was he ready? God thought so. We see this unfold in Acts chapters 10 and 11. You see, God's method of teaching seems to be this. First, prepare by instruction, and second, learn by experience. Prepare by instruction is what we learn from His Word. Learn by experience is the test to see if you understood what you learned. Both can come as a surprise. That's what happened to Peter. Peter had grown up learning the Jewish law as the Word of God and obeying it. The dietary law especially separated a good Jew from an unfaithful Jew or a Gentile. God spoke to Peter in a vision and taught him something new. He could eat any food that God created. Nothing was unclean any longer. And by the way, that includes people, especially the Gentiles who trust in Christ. Then Peter got the test. God sent an invitation by a Gentile who wanted to hear the gospel. When Peter arrived at the Gentile's house, along with Christian brothers as witnesses, Peter obediently shared the gospel message with the whole group. They believed the message. So far, so good. Then God confirmed it by spirit baptism, which all the witnesses recognized to be in the same manner that the Jewish believers had experienced it on Pentecost. The witnesses saw it happen right before their eyes. A few days later, Peter was challenged by the other apostles about his going into a Gentile's house and preaching the gospel to them. Peter declared, Who was I to think that I could oppose God? That's in Acts chapter 11, verse 17. Peter passed the test. Peter learned the lesson. The Holy Spirit had transformed Peter's life and God's plan moved forward in more amazing ways and more rapidly than anyone could have ever imagined. It was an ordinary life transformed by God. So often we look around at what all our friends are doing and are tempted to think, I'm not accomplishing anything. The message being conveyed by social media especially, and even in the news, is that it isn't okay to be ordinary. If you haven't started a nonprofit to save the world or published a bestseller, you're not accomplishing anything. It seems to be 
in your face all the time, but we can look at Peter's seemingly ordinary life and see that it was very valuable to God. Not because he was super educated, not because he was wealthy or handsome, not because he was a star athlete in ancient Israel. Peter was an ordinary man who knew his weaknesses and yielded to the Spirit's transforming power to do whatever Jesus wanted him to do and be. When Jesus commissioned his followers to go everywhere and make disciples in Matthew chapter 28, that declaration was given to ordinary, everyday women and men like you and I are. None of them were ordained preachers, hired church staff, or leaders of missionary organizations. Some did extraordinary things and are written about in the book of Acts. Others just were proclaiming the good news of the word wherever they went, unnamed, ordinary. But they told about Jesus to their families, friends, and neighbors in the context of their ordinary, everyday lives. They allowed the Holy Spirit to transform them into Christ followers who resembled Christ more than their old selves. And God blessed that. It's okay to be ordinary. I shared this quote from Jim Cimbala in the podcast for lesson three. It certainly holds true here as well. God is attracted to weakness. He can't resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need him. Our weakness, in fact, makes room for his power. Our willingness to let the Spirit control and transform us requires us to recognize that we are weak to do anything of spiritual significance on our own. It doesn't matter whether you are highly educated, highly successful, very gifted in the public's eyes, or whether you're just an ordinary person being faithful to God. He takes over and uses all the gifts He has given us for His glory. The God of the unexpected takes everyday, ordinary kind of women like I am and like you are too. He works through our weaknesses. He leads us to trust Him more and He surprises us with gifts from unexpected sources. God uses the ordinary and unexpected to accomplish His purposes. What a joy it is to serve Him. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with His Spirit's transforming power and say yes to a life of adventure with Him. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton and this is Series 7 of Satisfied.